When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of AMA, a very special edition as we are hours away from Thanksgiving, which I'm very excited about, which for me is the kickoff to the holiday season. And my wife and I are like little children. We're going to be going hard for that cake. Um, this is a, a magical, magical time. And I'm excited to be sharing it with you guys. So thank you so much for joining me. And we're going to dive right in. And today we're going to be talking about why passion isn't enough. That's at least for our kickoff question, which comes from Craigenzana on YouTube. Tom, I really struggle with this mastery thing you talk about a lot. Interestingly, movies have been that thing that I've been crazy engaged with from day one, but I seem to get pulled in other directions constantly. Do you think I'm not passionate enough about filmmaking, or maybe I just haven't stepped up enough yet to dive all in? All right, so honestly, I can't say whether you're passionate enough or not. Um, my definition of passion is something where you're actually gaining mastery, you're getting better at it, and the excitement, enthusiasm of that thing that you love so much that you actually are willing to suffer, uh, endure the boredom to actually get good, that all of that coalesces into really pulling you through. So, and I think that that comes from both the just innate excitement of you encountered something you enjoyed, you pursued it to make sure that it was a true fascination, and then the gaining of mastery part is, it feels good, it feels good to get good at something. Now, if you have all of that, and it still isn't pulling you through, then that's where we get to the fact that, like love, Passion just isn't enough, and you also have to develop grit. You've got to develop discipline. You've got to learn how to focus. You've got to train your mind to stay focused. Um, I try to be the human equivalent of, um, God, what is it, Ritalin? What do they give the kids? No, what's the college drug? Adderall. Adderall. Adderall, motherfuckers. I try to be the human equivalent of Adderall and practice coming back to what I'm working on, coming back, coming back, back, back. And uh, we just had... My man on the show, um, Brendan Bruchard. If you guys don't know him, he has this really awesome concept in his book, which oddly enough, like I didn't, when I read it, I didn't think I was going to be leaning on it as heavily as I am, which is to really set your intention when you're um, transitioning from one thing to another. He says, get up, walk around. What I've started doing is I go, so I have a gym at my house, so I go to the gym and I bang out uh, a couple of extra sets on whatever I was working on that day. It really gets my blood pumping again and I go back and I, I really have intention on my next task and I sit down with energy, with focus and I go at it. And if I find myself where it's just like, you feel that lethargy kicking in, you're not able to focus again, I'll get up, I'll walk around, I'll go outside, I'll do something to re-energize myself and come back with all that attention. Also, if I find that 
like in your case, like you're just drifting, you're wandering. Um, I don't think, oh my God, like I don't have enough passion for this. What I think is I need to practice focusing. I need to develop my discipline. I need to get myself back. And one thing that's really, really help me with that is meditation because meditation, what you're trying to do is not have any thoughts whatsoever and bring yourself back to the breath, back to the breath. And so in doing that, one, I'm good at realizing when I'm no longer doing the thing that I'd sat down to focus on. So in the case of meditation, I'm no longer focusing on optimizing the pleasure of each part of the breath cycle, Uh, my mind wandering, I'm chasing some thought. And so I say, you know, back to the breath or just breathe actually is what I typically say, just breathe. And that trains me to very quickly bring my focus back to that thing. So in doing that every day, I really have gotten much, much better at recognizing when my attention wanders and bring it back. So that, that's just the truth. Passion isn't going to be enough. Uh, one, you need to have a gut check as to whether or not you actually are passionate, only you're going to be able to answer that question. If you're met with excitement and all of that, then you probably are passionate. And then the rest is just you need to develop the habits and routines and practices that are going to allow you to maintain your focus and stay on it. All right, question number two uh, comes from Winter Tips 10. I know you don't have kids, but how would you deal with a hard and long sickness? My daughter has lymphoma. Youch. I try to stay as positive as possible. I tend to be pessimistic by nature, but I'm working on it every single day and try my best. Currently, my only goal is for her to beat the cancer ASAP, but it really is hard sometimes. On the other hand, the situation causes some disagreements with my partner because we have different point of view on um, regarding some situations, for example, how to take care of her in this situation. So sometimes I feel so tired and lost. Any advice? Now, we've either had a question almost exactly like this before, or this exact question, so I'm really fascinated to see if I answer them in the same way. Um, so here's the truth, man. First and foremost, I just wanna say, dude, I feel you. You are not in an easy situation, and you need to really allow yourself that, that there is There's no easy path, there's no simple answer, and the last thing I wanna do is give you something trite, so I just first and foremost wanna say, um, have a a metric shit ton of compassion for yourself, have a metric ton of compassion for your spouse, obviously compassion for your child for sure. So none of you are gonna play this perfectly. There are going to be times where even though your child has lymphoma, they're acting like a legit brat and you're gonna think, oh God, like I can't say anything, I can't discipline them because like what they're going through is so brutal. You can't fall into that trap. There are gonna be times where you're gonna be a prick and you've gotta give yourself the compassion for that. There's gonna be times where your wife really is or your significant other really is handling things poorly and you've gotta meet her with compassion for that as well. So just accepting that this this is gonna be a messy thing and that dealing with something over the long term like that, your best friend is gonna be forgiveness, is gonna be compassion. And then on top of that, just let it be a reminder that the thing that really matters is neurochemistry. It's about finding that joy. And I remember my mom had a very good friend uh, who had a daughter that had a very long illness and she was in the hospital a lot and doing very simple things just to focus her in the moment on laughing, smiling, being happy. Like those things are just incredibly, incredibly powerful. And I think are ultimately the things you guys want to come back around to. Now, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Um, which, God, what were we thinking? This should have been an episode titled around gratitude. Okay, so I'm, uh, I'm going to punch myself in the mouth for that later. Um, so 
I'm writing the newsletter right now, and what I'm breaking down are the things that I actually do to cultivate gratitude in my life, and I think that that's something that is um, really powerful. I just want to make sure that I'm actually answering your question, though. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I think ultimately the thing that that answered that question is to have compassion for yourself because you feel lost sometimes, overwhelmed. Um, so yeah, compassion, compassion, compassion. Now, how do I cultivate gratitude into my life to where I'm actually feeling that neurochemistry. So how do you um, cultivate the neurochemistry of, of gratitude? How do you cultivate the neurochemistry of joy? How do you find happiness in the middle of this dark time, which is absolutely essential and it can be manufactured. So it goes like this. One, you're going to flip a switch in your mind and you're going to say, I, I am going to cultivate this and it doesn't need to come naturally, which is I think what everybody wants, much like with love. They want love to be this sort of effortless thing that happens uh, and that may be how it starts, but it certainly isn't what's going to keep it going. So you've got to say to yourself, it's okay that I don't naturally feel the joy, the excitement. I'm overwhelmed by what's going on, but I'm going to make a decision now that I'm going to feel joy. I'm going to feel gratitude. Now, my daughter has cancer, so what do I have to feel gratitude for? One, you have breath in your lungs right now. Your daughter's breath in her lungs right now. You have a family unit right now. And even though that stuff may be tumultuous, focus on the parts of it that are working. And it may be something really, really simple. And I don't get deadly simple. Um, that she has a bed in the hospital when she's in the hospital, that she has parents that love her, that you have a child that you love, that you have a significant other, that even though things aren't always going well, um, that you really can um, be there for each other. If she's lost her hair, that uh, you like the way that the light shines off her head. I'm not kidding. These are all the kinds of things that I try to find in my life that are just so, so small that I know they're always going to be there for me. Um, if it's winter time, wherever you're living, like today here, it's like in the mid 80s. So it doesn't really work if you're in LA, but um, you know, the, the crispness to the air, all of that stuff, those are the small things. And then obviously bigger things um, that, that are going to be completely unique to you, but finding those and taking a minute to really stop, focus on them, dwell on them, obsess on them, blow them up into something even bigger. And that's what I really try to do with the really small things is I try to really feel it. I try to actually like Whoa, that's amazing. Um, something that I turn to a lot. My wife's smile eats her whole face alive. So she has just an abnormally large smile. And I love it more than you can imagine. And that's one of the things that I go to a lot. Um, we don't have kids, but we have these furry children. And the way their fur feels, I really, really like that. And I find it deeply comforting. Um, so things like that, um, that I then try to really blow up into something big. So um, deciding focusing on the things you're grateful for, and then let's get into the physicality. So smiling, changing your posture. Um, these are little things that have this weird physiological feedback loop that are going to actually help you experience that stuff. So in those moments where you're really feeling overwhelmed, um, Actually, if you're feeling overwhelmed, what you want to do is diaphragm breathing, but that's another um, physical thing that you can do. So meditative breathing, breathing from the diaphragm, there's something very, very, literally I just did it right now. Um, there's something very magical is the, the actual word that I want to say. There's something very magical about the fact that the way that our mind and body are connected, that simply breathing from your diaphragm takes you out of the sympathetic nervous system, which is getting revved up, which is what makes you feel overwhelmed and switches you into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is known as rest and digest. It's where you start to feel calm, 
your breathing gets deeper and slower, your um, heart rate begins to slow down. So all of the neurochemistry that you were feeling that was making you feel stressed or anxious or overwhelmed now begins to be replaced by things that make you feel more calm and relaxed. Um, and also in a calm, relaxed state, you tend to feel more creative. Um, so all of those things are great for priming you to then really feel that gratitude. So um, when you're in a dark place, you wanna laugh out loud, you wanna change your posture, you wanna sit up tall, you wanna spread your shoulders out, you wanna do what's called power posing, where you take up more space, um, laughing out loud, like all of these things are really gonna change your neurochemistry. Okay, for more on that, by the way, if you guys haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. Um, gonna be a good one today, and it will walk you through those steps, make it really concrete. Um, might have one or two extras for you as well. Okay, next question. This is from The Art of Unpredictability. Tom, it's Will Collette. What's up, Will? From Hill Air Force Base, Utah. Question. Uh, I've launched this brand and I'm struggling to build an audience. First basic moves you'd make to uh, get even a following. Okay, so this really nowadays is like the obvious answer is social media. So you don't say what the brand is, uh, but hopefully the brand has uh, a very strong identity that has an element of lifestyle to it so that you can begin to paint that lifestyle. Um, and depending on what it is, so like with Quest, we were making recipes. With Impact Theory, we're doing this. So um, Impact Theory is all about mindset. That's the word that we want to own. That's the universe that we want to play in. Every film, comic, TV show, and everything that we do in the future is all going to be around mindset, uh, making sure that we're talking empowerment. So that's what we build into our social feeds. And so it's our social feeds that have allowed us to build that audience. So by creating something that adds value in and of itself, so they don't have to know you, they don't have to know your brand, they just want something that's going to add value to their moment. So what we do, quote cards, the clips is really becoming big for us. Um, so even like an episode like this, we'll break up into clips. Um, so just think about what's a way that you can add value to people's lives. At the end of the day, the greatest marketing vehicle that anybody can have is to add value to other people's lives. And if you're thinking like that and you're not thinking about uh, being a clever marketer, you're just thinking, how do I go about adding value to people's lives? Then you're really gonna do something special. So find a way to add value to people's lives that's tied to your brand and you'll crush it. All right. Question number four, Daniel Bro. What is up, Dan Bro Fitness? Uh, when you have passion and know your why, but battle with expressing your excitement to others, I've been working on speaking quicker, firming my brow, firming my stomach, but still falling short. What ways would you um, continue to learn to express passion better? So first of all, it sounds like you're already doing my sort of basic tips and tricks. And so a lot of this is just gonna be practice, practice, practice. The one that I'll add that you didn't talk about there is voice modulation. Um, so in fact, a great example of this, is if you guys watch my impact quotes, which comes out every Monday on YouTube, listen to my impact quotes. Um, impact quotes is the one thing I do where I really think about performing. And so for anybody that's interested in public speaking, um, you'll notice that normally I start off slow. So I begin with the quote oftentimes, as Winston Churchill once said, right? And then I go into the quote, and I'm very deliberate about the quote. And then I do this thing where I'm talking like this, and then I start really going. And what I want you guys to understand is that this kind of thing is essential. Pause. And you have to understand why it's essential. So taking people on that journey is a, is a big thing. And then here's the weird one. You've really got to feel it. So 
you've got to find a way to internalize that. And it's a weird feedback loop. Some of it is through all the things that I was just talking about. You're beginning to um, do the things from just a vocal modulation perspective, from a body perspective, the way you hold yourself, the way you move, the way you gesture, how big you are, um, how loud you're getting, uh, the cadence, all of that stuff is now feeding back into you how you should feel. And then as that feeling really begins to take hold, then it takes over and it begins to steer your emotions. And my best ones are when my... I'm really in that zone. I'm really feeling it. And like sometimes when I'm doing, I'm like, I'm actually getting emotional because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the thing I'm trying to express. So um, practice, 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 doing that, allowing yourself to feel it, allowing yourself to perform, uh, to really bring that energy out, to bring that passion out. That's really, really important, but you've got to feel it. Okay. Question uh, from Ben Fama. This is on Facebook. How do you maintain authenticity when you challenge everyone else who thinks different in your industry? My goal is to be as authentic as fuck while challenging sacred cows. This creates uncomfortable situations. What's the balance of rage and compassion? Uh, well, if you're talking about the rest of your industry, you don't necessarily need compassion for your industry. Fuck them. You're going to like win. You're going to beat them all. Um, so I'm not thinking about compassion when I'm thinking about my competitors. Um, I want to win. And then in terms of, um, rage, rage is really only useful in 20% amounts. And, uh, the, the vast majority of your time should really be focused on just adding value, right? So what are you doing? That's awesome. Just think about that. And if it really is authentic, then it doesn't matter what your competitors are doing. doesn't matter what the sacred cows are. What the only thing that matters is does your audience understand the value proposition or not? And so understanding their frame of reference, understanding why the sacred cow is the sacred cow can be very, very important. So, uh, make sure that you're, you're not doing things differently because you don't understand anything else. That can actually be a position of weakness. Make sure you understand the dominant paradigm and that you understand how what you're doing is better and is actually going to lead people to their goals more quickly, more efficiently, more enthusiastically than the dominant paradigm. Then it, it really becomes interesting because you're knowingly subverting the paradigm versus just sort of stumbling into something. Now, stumbling into it can work, um, but oftentimes when it's done from an ignorant point of view, it doesn't last. And so you don't know how to evolve of your own thinking, which is really, um, if you guys have read The Innovator's Dilemma, is, is a big part of that. Like, how do you disrupt, but then continue to disrupt? How do you not become then beholden to your own disruption and that your past begins to calcify into dogma and you're not able to stay free and really see that next wave to um, evolve beyond? And I find that when people actually understand how they were subverting the paradigm, then they can actually evolve themselves. So there you have it. All right. Uh, Jumani, what is up, Jumani? This one's from Facebook. How do you know how much to charge people for your services? Do you start at a low price in the beginning? And how do you break out of the price point once you acquire more skills? Um, so I don't necessarily start low. I think about what I, who my target audience is, first of all, how much money do they have? And then um, how much value is the thing that I'm selling bringing? And I char try to charge um, the amount of value that I deliver because I know that ultimately what people are thinking about is, okay, there's this thing that they're doing um, and I've got my money and I, it needs to be offered at a price point where they would rather have that thing than the money. So either because you know something that they don't know or because you've created something that they don't want to take the time and energy to create. So you've really got to do your market research to find out what other people in your industry are charging because if they can get um, something similar from somebody else other than you, then price comparison becomes a real thing. So doing market research, really analyzing 
analyzing um, quality of offering at what price point, brand recognition at what price point. You don't have a brand, um, so you you know you've got to find all of that stuff. So I'm really doing some just data-driven market research. There's no substitute for that. And then when in doubt, intuit it. Do your best guess. Go out. If people aren't buying at the price you're offering, lower the price. If you're finding that you're getting more jobs than you can handle, raise the price. Right, and that's a great position to be in. That you know at X price, I get you know so many um, gigs. Like for instance, if I lowered my speaking rate, I would get a lot more speaking jobs, but I don't want more speaking jobs. So, and I started raising my price when I was getting too many speaking jobs. So that becomes like the, the balancing act that you play is, um, it's, you know, a trade of time for money. How long does it take you to do that thing? How much revenue are you able to bring in? Uh, if it's not a good ratio, then you either need to do something else or you need to raise your rates. Um, if the market allows. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Next question is from Steve Hurley. This comes from YouTube. What best practices have you used or learned that allow you to tune into what you truly want and not be influenced by others to resist the conformity society tends to put on new entrepreneurs? Would I say that society puts conformity on new entrepreneurs? I wouldn't say that. Um, So... God, this is complicated. Um, And this is something that we've been talking about here recently is, look, at the end of the day, 
as an entrepreneur, you are an absolute slave to your customers. Brace yourself for that one. You're an absolute slave to your customers. And this is something that I, I, uh, I think is getting lost in this everybody wants to be a CEO thing and everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and they forget, man, you don't think you work for somebody? A, you work for your entire team. B, you absolutely work for the customer. And so once you really get a grasp of that and as the entrepreneur, what you're saying is, guys, you can trust me to deliver and that your your trust is best placed in me, that I'm the one that's gonna get you the result. But at the end of the day, you're trying to get your employees a result, you're trying to get your customers a result, and you need to hold yourself to that standard. I'm not, Jesus, I've never thought about what society wanted me to be. I don't, I don't literally, I feel absolutely no sense of pressure from society whatsoever, but I feel an absolute crushing pressure to deliver something of value to my team and to my customers that they're actually willing to pay for. So that is massive. And speaking of things that you're actually willing to pay for, check out the Be Legendary shirt, by the way. Hit up right now, shop.impacttheory.com. These make amazing Christmas gifts. We've got all kinds of stuff. But like I think about all the time, A, what do we charge? B, what's the real value? C, what are other things that we could offer? I'm never gonna make the, um, the, the end game isn't, because we do consider ourselves a merchandising company, but the end game is not just t-shirts. So understanding like how to really identify who your audience is, this is critical. Identify who your audience is, which is gonna help you serve them better, which by the way, Chase has just done an incredible job of putting personas together of you at home. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I think he's got you guys pegged and that allows us to really work backwards and figure out what are the things that we can deliver to you that add value but that's all i'm thinking about i'm not worried about people's expectations i just want to know how i can deliver a crushing amount of value to you guys all right next up is from brian rotkamp no matter how hard i try i still have an anger that burns inside of me okay can be useful depending on where this goes i have worked on finding the origin to no avail driving, going to grocery store, and small things seem to trigger me. I know you have answered this before, but do you have any suggestions? I think I need to change my perspective on expectations. Any thoughts? How can passion and purpose um, help? Okay, so passion and purpose aren't going to come to your aid here. They're, they're just two totally separate things. So let me really think about what do I do in this situation? Okay, in your brain... Because the problem isn't necessarily that, uh, especially if you've really looked for it and you can't find the origin of the anger, one of two things is true. Either in a 20-minute conversation with a very qualified therapist, they would figure out immediately what all of this is and they would just ask all the right questions that you're not able to ask yourself. That's entirely possible, uh, but I can't be useful to you with that right now, so we're going to set that aside. The other option is that this is simply a question of the regions, the networks in your brain that you have trained to be very efficient. So for whatever reason, either because there's an unidentified origin in your mind that's kicking this up, or um, just because at one point there was something that really made you angry, or quite frankly, see, you just happen to be an angry dude, which we all have predilections. None of that matters why you're there. What matters is you are there. And what there is, is you've made your anger network in your brain 
really efficient. And so it triggers very easily. And now your job is to build other networks, the network of gratitude, the network of calm creative, the network of um, happiness and joy. Like you need now to build those up. And so the easiest starting point is going to be meditation, which is going to train you to at least rapidly de-escalate the anger. So it sounds like you have a high degree of self-awareness around the fact that anger is happening. So maybe driving is the perfect place. So you're going to do a couple things. One, you're going to leverage bright lines and you're going to say on my drive home, I do not express anger, period. Okay. Now the reason we're going to start with expressing anger, not expressing anger is because the expression of anger is further going to light up that network in your brain that's already working a little too efficiently. So you're going to feel the anger for sure. We'll worry about addressing that later. You're going to feel the anger, but you have a bright line. I do not express anger. Okay. Now that we do that, we're going to use the anger as a trigger, the feeling of anger, as a trigger to go through um, either a joyful ritual or a gratitude ritual. And if it's that you're going to use joy, which is what I did um, when I was dealing with once I got angry, I would just stay angry for so long. So I started laughing out loud. And as ridiculous as that sounds, it works. It works every time, 100% success rate. It's never once not worked. So the only time that I think that laughing out loud may take you 30 seconds, may take you 60 seconds, you may have to put on a comedy. Who knows? Like listen to a funny podcast while you're driving, whatever it takes. But you're going to use that anger as a trigger for a joyful... um, habit loop that you're going to put yourself in where you're doing something in the physicality or with music or with podcasts, something that really changes your mood. So that you begin to really strengthen that network. And ultimately that's what you need to do. You need to, it's the double whammy of not letting the anger network continue to be strengthened by feeding into it through reaction and then building a new network of joy of gratitude, whatever. Okay. Try that report back. All right. Next question is from Joanna Lucena. Should I follow my passion even if initially months, maybe years don't bring me any profit money? And if I do, and if I do that, I must have a day job, right? How do I handle both? It seems like achieving mastery while working on something you don't like becomes harder. Okay, so this is a rubber meets the road question. So you got to eat, fully get that. And yes, you're going to need a job unless you've got, you know, you can live with parents or whatever. Um, You'd be shocked if you're willing how much you can cut your expenses to the quick. So uh, if you're making money doing something that you don't enjoy, I highly recommend that you cut your expenses to the quick, um, live with five other people in a studio apartment, move back in with your parents, whatever you need to do so that you don't have to work a soul-crushing job that takes a lot of time and energy while you develop revenue from something that you do like. Now, remember, following your passion doesn't necessarily mean being an entrepreneur. It means taking the time to find a company that makes a product that you really believe in, that the day-to-day thing that you're going to be doing actually makes you feel alive, that you're either learning something you deeply, deeply care about, and just the gaining of the skill set is in and of itself so thrilling that you want to keep doing it, um, or you're getting to express a skill set that you have and hopefully also gives you the opportunity to push forward and get even better at that thing. And using a skill set, what the Greeks called techni, using a skill set that you've worked really hard to get in service of other people is just an absolute foundational part of fulfillment. And I think fulfillment is really the name of the game. So 
Um, you don't need to make money. There are plenty of people that, um, you know, they make precious little money, but they're really happy. So just keeping in mind that the end game here is neurochemistry. It isn't um, some number on a piece of paper, but money does make, lack of money, I should say, makes things very, very stressful. Um, so if that lifestyle doesn't suit you, I would lower your expenses to the quick, get a job now that pays the bills so you're not panicking, but make sure it's a job that gives you free time so that you're able to go and find your idealized job. All right, that's what I would do. All right, next question is from Mia Lavoie, Facebook. Hey, Tom, I've been shy my whole life and over the years have found so much more confidence by finding more things I believe in and stand by, et cetera. But I notice that I still do revert to shyness around certain peers and more my authentic, confident self around others. Do you have any insight as to why this is and any tips on how to consistently stay in my most authentic expression? Or maybe there's a positivity to holding back from certain people like a subconscious intuitive discretion, thanks. All right, so first of all, I don't think being shy is a problem. So if there's times that you wanna be shy, be shy. Um, I am. I'm getting more and more introverted as the days go by, but let me indulge for a second. Don't scroll off this because I can feel, I wanna share something with you guys that may or may not um, answer this question, but it might, so here we go. Um, I find myself getting more and more introverted, but by nature, I think I walk a pretty fine line between um, extroversion and introversion, so I'm a sort of a middle of the road, dyed in the wool, ambivert. But recently, I found myself becoming more and more introverted. And so finally, I admitted to the team, I said, hey, look, it's going on, it is real. I have begun to sort of separate myself from you guys a little bit. I'm headphoning up a lot. Um, but the reason is this, I am so excited by things that we've got going on in the background with the studio that I think is really, really gonna pay off that I think that we're beginning to meet the people we need to meet. I believe I'm beginning to put together the worldview that I'm gonna need uh, for all of us to be successful as a real studio. The, the, we're not playing at the studio. Like that is, I'm so fucking committed to building that thing. Um, so like, and, and I feel the momentum speeding up. And because I feel that momentum speeding up, I'm becoming more and more introverted because I need the time to really think it through. I need the time to connect those pieces. I need the time to really analyze whether we're making steps or not, whether we're actually making progress. It's so, so, so important to me to really be doing that. So I say all of that because I think that introversion, not necessarily shyness, but I think that the introversion serves me very well. So if being shy is defined as not an anxiety about it, but merely a desire to sort of sit back, uh, be a little more introspective, be a little more in the corner to watch people and it feels good and you like it, great. If that doesn't feel like an authentic expression of yourself, which you've said a couple times, then um, realizing that just like I was talking about a minute ago with the anger control problem, your shyness is a network in your brain that you have over the years fed, and so it's very easy to slip back into that. And there's this really, really great Batman cartoon from the 90s where um, Bruce Wayne gets uh, kidnapped by this gang and they don't know who he is, and so he gets forced into slave labor, and he's just as scared as everybody else because he's got amnesia. And then all of a sudden, in this flash moment, he realizes that he's Batman. And once he remembers that he's Batman, it's like all of a sudden he can fight and he can escape, and it's always been this really powerful example of 
the power of networks in the brain, that once he had the network of confidence lit up by remembering that he was Batman, suddenly he could do things that he couldn't do a moment before simply because he didn't have um, that network in his brain active. So he wasn't feeling the confidence. And when you feel confident, you just feel capable of more. You certainly take bigger risks. There's a quote from a race car driver. I don't remember who said it, but he was like, once you're no longer willing to take a risk to you know, um, take that corner, make that dangerous move to get into first place. Once you've lost that, you've lost your edge and you should quit racing. And I thought, wow, that's so true. That is confidence. Like once you've lost the confidence to allow you to do something other people won't do, to take that chance, to extend yourself, to take a risk, um, then it's, it, you should probably stop. So you've got to decide whether the shyness is serving you, whether it's authentic or not. And you've got to, if it's not authentic and it's just this old network that just has too much efficiency built into it because you spent so much time feeding into that and behaving that way, um, you've got to remind yourself that that's what it is. So when you feel yourself being shy, you've slipped into a network and then do things, whatever that is. Music, I use music a lot to get myself into a confident state. Uh, meditating to get into a calm state. Like whatever you need to do to trigger that network that you want to be in, just understand that that's how the brain works, that you've got like, you've hardwired these clusters and they make you feel a certain way. And when you're feeling that, it feels like your identity. It feels like the sum total of what you're capable of. But you can actually shift into a different network and become truly capable of more. Okay. Next question is from Jordan Molson. This one's from YouTube. Do you have any advice on how to help and inspire others to action despite the pain of change, keeping them from the life they want to live? Okay, this, this one is so beyond heartbreaking for me that I'm gonna need a drink of water. <laughs> All right, why is this heartbreaking? Because I've had to accept that it's just sometimes not worth the energy to try to change people. And yes, that means that they're going to suffer. And yes, that means that people you love for whatever reason, because they're not ready for a growth mindset or whatever, their life will actually be worse than it needed to be. And it will be full of insecurity. It will be full of pain and needless suffering. And, and that's just the reality, man. So here's what I've learned to do. And that is to meet them with compassion, to love them where they are, to not add to their loss, their stress, their pain. Um, and really, the only thing that I do by way of trying to change them is I live my life the way that I see fit, period. I don't fucking dull my shine for anybody. Um, so I am who I am. I'm about what I'm about. But when I'm around them, I want them to see my fascination in them. I want them to see that they have something to teach me and that I want to learn from it. Um, and, and that does two things. One, it really makes talking to them way more fun because I'm learning something that they care about and I'm learning, which is my juice and just is the thing that I absolutely love. So when I feel like, oh fuck, I'm stuck in a conversation with somebody and maybe they have a fixed mindset or whatever, which I find beyond tedious, I try to immediately get them away from that and talking about something that makes them feel good, talking about something that lights them up. Um, you know, if you want to be interesting, be interested, like have that bucket of questions that you ask people. Like I Whenever I'm meeting somebody for the first time, not every time, but if, if the situation is appropriate and I'm meeting somebody for the first time, I ask, like, what's the thing you're most passionate about in life? And I just find that that's, it's, it skips all the bullshit of like small talk. It takes them into an area where they actually enjoy talking about it. And then you'll be surprised 
how interesting you'll find something, even that something you don't care about when you're talking to somebody who's really passionate about it. And a lot of times people are going to say they're kids because they haven't really thought about, you know, sort of that other thing that they're passionate about. And so one, you can explore that a lot, maybe something really interesting going on there. And if not, uh, then you may just want to say, oh, that's so cool. Now, what about beyond your kids, beyond your family? What's something that you're passionate about? And, and you'll find that it takes you into interesting places. All right. Uh, unfortunately, I have to wrap this one up early today. So we've got time for one more question. Um, all right. These are live questions, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like I should be talking about gratitude because it's Thanksgiving. But Hera Salim, hey Tom, I come from a really wealthy family. That's good and bad. Uh, I've been spoiled throughout my childhood and university years. I never had to work hard for anything. I'm 26 and I've never gotten a paycheck ever since I've never needed to work. I don't have a chip on my shoulder, my back against the wall. If everything else fails, I can join my family's business, which I don't want to do. Uh, I can't see myself being fulfilled doing that. How do I cultivate a raging source of motivation in me to drive me to pursue my own ambitions, et cetera? All right, motherfuckers, lean in. All right, here's how this is going to go. Dude, I love it. So first of all, you got an amazing amount of self-awareness. Check. I love that. It's fantastic. Now it's about excitement. It's about a compelling future. It's about the whole point of being alive is to get excited about some shit. So awesome. One thing has been removed. You don't have to chase money. That is fucking fantastic. But think about me. I'm fucking rich. I'm like spastically wealthy beyond like anything I ever would have imagined as a kid. But I'm so fucking excited about the thought of being able to pull people out of the matrix at a global scale. Like I want to be remembered. I want to do some shit. So when I think about now I've got to solve this puzzle, I've got to think about like, how do I play this right? So thankfully I don't have to think about money. I can take that off the table, but dude, I've got to solve this puzzle, man. I've really got to figure this out. And so you've got that same thing, right? You can eventually go work for the family if you want to. You don't have to think about money. That's awesome. But like, what's that thing that gets you jazzed? Like, what's your version of pulling people out of the matrix? You need to go experience a ton of shit. Like, find that stuff that really, it starts as like, whoa, that was fun, right? It jazzed you up. It's something that you're interested in. It's the thing that you think about when you wake up. It's the thing you're thinking about when you go to bed. Like, what is that thing? It might not be an obsession in the beginning, but there's something that tickles your fancy. Engage with it. See if it turns into a real fascination where it captures your fucking imagination, where you talk about it all the time. People want you to shut up because like you just want to talk about it because it's, it's got you. And then once something has you like that, then it's about really gaining mastery. It's about getting good at that thing. So dude, ask yourself a simple question. What, what do you want to, what's the impact you want to have on the world? Nice and simple. It's a question I ask every guest. Once you know the answer to that question, then your life becomes about how much of that can you do before you tap out. So homie, like you're way ahead of the game. That is an amazing thing. And if you need a little bit of rage, know this. Most people listening to that question think, what a dick. This guy's got all that and he's fucking like whinging about not knowing what he wants to do. I wish I was in that problem, right? Now, with that chip on your fucking shoulder, show people that that doesn't have to be a handicap, that you can do something amazing with that, that you're going to do the work to, but they want you to fail, by the way. Huh? Let that sink in. So they want you to fail. So letting that be something where you're not going to be defined by the fact that you grew up with money. You're not going to let that make you soft. You're not going to let that stop you from developing grit because you're going to take the time to figure out what that thing is that you want to do, what the impact is that you want to have in the world, and you're going to have dis proportionate effect on the world. Because let me tell you, not every rich fucker out there ends up doing anything with their life. So my friend, this is a game about finding that thing that you love, that gets you excited and be willing to play at a level where you're be remembered.
And if you're not remembered with all the advantages that you have, shame on you. Yeah, buddy. Now, gratitude, man. Gratitude, everybody. This is the time. It is a choice. It is a decision. We're about to enter into one of the most beautiful times. I don't care what religion you are. I am not religious in the fucking slightest. I'm about as unreligious as a human being can get. And dude, I'm telling you, this is just a time, certainly here in the West, the timing of everything where people just decide they're going to be a little bit nicer. They're going to have a little bit more fun. They're going to be a little bit more jazzed up. So Flip that switch in your head. Have that same feeling. Go into this time period for all it's worth, man. Think about the things that you love. We talked about them earlier with the guy who unfortunately his daughter has cancer, but even in a moment like that, there's a thousand things that you could find to be grateful for. Focus on that. You get what you focus on. Put your energy into really making this a special time of year. Enjoy the shit out of it. Be way, way, way childlike, uh, and you will get a lot out of that. And by the way, guys, I did a special impact quotes uh, that dropped this Monday. Go check it out. It's all about gratitude. I was really feeling this one. I want you guys to see it. I want you to share it. Get the word out there. That would be amazing. And let's uh, let's all just share some love in the comments. Dude, this is such a cool time. Guys, go have fun. Fucking love life. This is amazing. All right, hit me up on social. Let me know what you guys are grateful for. I love hearing that shit. Let me know what you think about the impact quotes. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.